Blog Talk Radio.
which is very positive between um, the Aries, uh, Aries moon and the Aquarius sun, exactly both at 26 and a half degrees. So it's kind of nice. The moon did look beautiful tonight. I, I think we can still see it here. If you're on the East Coast, it's probably already set down below your horizon. But um, it, it, it's a very beautiful moon, a sextile moon, because it makes that perfect smile, that Cheshire Crat grin. And um, it's a positive relationship, Aquarius and Aries, about the initiative that we can take for our ideals. <clears throat> so if we have uh, a set of ideals, goals, things that we want to be able to achieve, now is a very good time to at least plan the the uh, the process at least figure out some part of what it is that you'd like to do from your ideals because Aries gives a motivation and initiative and Aquarius provides ideals we have a few planets in Pisces still uh, not as many as there were um, <clears throat> about a week or so ago um, but we have um, the Sun getting ready to go into Pisces be by next week so there's going to be even more Pisces energy again. We're going to have a reinvestment in Pisces as the sun goes into Pisces. Mercury is actually going to go retrograde in Pisces in um, March, and we'll talk about that when we get a little closer to it. For right now, Mercury, Mars, and Neptune are all still in direct motion in Pisces. So there's a lot of access, I think, to our unconscious and to empathy and compassion and imagination and fantasy and anything where where you know you don't want to go off the deep end with that and imagine something that's actually not really happening in your life but but besides you know turning reality into a fantasy it's really nice to allow our imagination and our fantasy mind to connect with our unconscious hopes and wishes and applying that energy to the sun moon sextile is very nice right now it means that not only do we have the ideals of aquarius but we have access to a compassionate ideal because of having three planets in pisces venus is in aquarius not quite in a conjunction to the sun but it does connect beautifully its energy of a really highly idealized love and egalitarian love Jupiter and Gemini, keeping it light still. It's lovely. Jupiter is going to be moving faster and faster on its way to Cancer. Saturn in the 11th degree of Scorpio, very slow there. It's going to be going retrograde in the next couple of days. Um, it has been interesting for people I know who have Neptune in Scorpio. And it would also be quite interesting for those people born at the beginning of November, um, also the beginning of May, the beginning of August, and the beginning of February, um, because, very beginning, meaning first few days of those months, uh, because um, that's when, you know, we have your sun would be at the 11th degree of a fixed sign. So with stationary Saturn right there, those people are feeling particularly oppressed or a low energy or like they can't get done what they would like to be able to get done. Uh, it's going to go retrograde, and uh, things will get better by March for those people who are born in the beginning of um, February, May, August, and November, as well as those people born in 1960, 61, and 62 who are having Saturn conjunct 
their Neptune, which I think can be a very confusing transit, kind of dissolving structures. Um, Uranus is still in a fairly wide square with Pluto, but it is moving forward direct now and it is moving faster. So we're going to be talking about the re-emerging Uranian-Pluto square, one of the ongoing struggles between the individual uh, in society and the oppressive government, corporate, you know, oligarchical, blah, blah. So individuals are going to rise up again. There's going to be more of that, more conflict with structure, with the patriarchal structure, and we'll see that beginning more in the late spring and summer. Chiron's 8-degree Pisces also. Um, I think it's just somewhat time to wake up from our illusions and uh, get our heads out of the sand and get some work done. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig Martin. You can reach me and be a call-in guest on the show at 213-943-3395. And you can also uh, find me on the Internet at lahealer.com. lahealer.com is where you can find out more about my private work. So tonight's show is about uh, the fourth house in astrology, the house that's naturally ruled by cancer. And um, structurally, the fourth house is about home and home life. But it's not just about the home we have now. It's about home going all the way back to our childhood home. And cancer, you see, this is what's interesting is that, you know, that the house rules literally like land holdings and and things like that what you would what you would uh, have as part of your property but it goes all the way back to the emotional content of those properties and the way in which we connect with um home from an emotional standpoint because cancer is the sign that's um the first water sign and it's it it it's connected to as children the way in which we experience the emotions that we have in regard to the family life what what and in what way were the emotions that we had in the family life how were they experienced by the child this original experience becomes so unconsciously ingrained in us that it generates or manifests the homes that we have throughout our lives. Now, there are opportunities for us to obviously explore this place in our in our beingness, our unconscious. Remember, uh, cancer is ruled by the moon, so the moon has something to do with the fourth house. It's the natural ruling planet of the fourth. And where you have the moon in your chart tells me a lot about the way in which you connect with your home life and also the planet that rules the fourth in your individual chart probably too much astrology detail there but different parents have different ways of instilling in us a different emotional response to the world when we were angry was that okay did they allow us to be angry when we were sad did they allow us to be sad if they felt that we shouldn't be sad over certain things how did they handle our emotional reactions that is something that we can potentially discover by looking at the way in which we emotionally react to the world as adults because the emotional reactions are conditioned 
we, you know, as human beings are, are wanting to move towards uh, love and acceptance and approval, and we're wanting to move away from um, separation, um, ostracization. I don't know why that comes up, but it reminds me of certain ways that, that people get raised, certain religious groups uh, raise children with ostracization if they don't conform to to religious doctrine and you know in smaller knit religious communities um, and um, and like the pain of rejection in, in general which I guess that ostracization is a part of that but rejection and um, uh, you know anger like parental anger we don't really like experiencing that we want acceptance and approval and love and affection so that if we react a certain way to something and we see that it's displeasing in the family environment, we get conditioned to modify the emotional response. And certain emotional responses are encouraged and certain emotional responses are discouraged. The fourth house comes from uh, a, a very... Uh, old place in our being and you really don't see it emerge really even in the child until they're one year or older it's not something that we say like oh i you know you see this in an infant you you, you maybe see certain kinds of behaviors in an infant but you don't see emotional conditioning the 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 the, the the uh, infant, the newborn, is perhaps reacting from past life experience in an emotional way to the environment, but it's rarely reacting to conditioning in the environment, at least in the beginning. I, I suppose some parents um, you know, do certain kinds of emotional conditioning from very early on, but it's more as the child starts to talk and the child starts to really interact with the parents that the parents have reactions to this greater level of awareness because the child actually doesn't have um, particular emotional response to its environment until that happens. In other words, it's not excited about things. It's not sad about things. It's not really reacting to things until it gets right around that verbal stage. So when we were looking at Aries is the identity, Gemini, uh, Taurus is the fact that we realize we have a body, Gemini is our communication skills, and then now we're in Cancer, the fourth sign, which is how do we feel about the environment? How do we actually feel about the environment? Cancer is water unto the individual, meaning that uh, it's about the way in which I feel about myself and my and my environment. We see this as children and the way in which children react, and then their response is conditioned based on the way parents um, uh, respond to that. I want to give you at least one example. I know I used last week the example of the little boy and little girl both carrying a rock in the house, and the parents say to the little boy, like, oh, yes, that's so awesome, you're so strong, you know. And so he gets conditioned that carrying the rock and being strong is a good thing. Little girl gets told, oh, my God, don't pick that up, you're going to get your dress dirty. So she's conditioned to um, to believe and understand that, you know, not being dainty, not being delicate is not a good thing. She will be dirty. So she's conditioned, again, with that rejection rather than that approval. Most of the conditioning is based on that 
most of the conditioning is based on that, like approval or rejection. Uh, obviously, that's what parents do in order to parent, in order to try to show a child, right, through the entire experience. They either uh, approve or disapprove of certain behaviors, but different parents react to different things. There are some universal things. Maybe parents don't like it. They think it's kind of cute if a kid tries to pull one over on them, a kid tries to maybe tell a little lie. Different parents handle that in different ways when they know that it's happening. And it conditions the child to understand its own emotional response to lying. But it's the same as swatting, hitting, throwing food on the floor, you know, picking your nose or whatever you see the child do that we have uh, an emotional reaction to as adults then and that steers the behavior of the child in a specific direction. So there's going to be more on the fourth house coming up. I want to get to my first caller on the switchboard. Hi, area code 310. It's Dr. Craig, and you're on the Inside Connection. Hello, doctor. How are you tonight? Mm. I'm good. Taking a break there to have a sip of water. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. No problem. Mm. You called in for a reading? I did. That would great. be great. Great. I'm definitely going through some of the eye of the needle here. Okay, well, let's see what's going on. Um, open up the astrology software since you're my first reading of the night. Okay. Um, tell me your name. My name is Larry. Larry. Okay. And the, the first initial of your last name? H. H. Um, what's your birthday, Larry? 4-10-52, April 10th, 52. Uh-huh, 4 10 and your birth time? 6.02 a.m. <clears throat> and your birth town? Los Angeles. And you're, you're calling me from Los Angeles. I am calling you from Los Angeles. Awesome. Well, I'm in Hollywood, Larry. I'm over um, by the airport. Okay. I was just down at the airport because last week I... Um, I worked the uh, Conscious Life Expo at the LAX Hilton. Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, generally, okay, I mean, well, yes, your life is going through some some pretty big change, so we'll talk mm -hmm. about what that is and why. But let me just read the natal to you just for a second. At 6.02 okay. a.m. on April 10th, you have Taurus Rising which gives you a lot of stability and a lot of needs for security and um, safety. Usually Taurus Rising is somebody that's nice looking and has very good values. It makes the ruler of your chart Venus, and you have Venus in Aries in the 12th house. So on one level, it's very nice. Um, you know, you're, you kind of know... Uh, what you want, like most Aries people do, but you have four planets in Aries in the 12th house, which is the house of Pisces. So it mixes it up for you because customarily, the 12th house makes for what you would say not the easiest life. Um, you know, and I'm sure that's not news to you. Um, you know, there, there are several difficult aspects in your chart, but having this much selflessness combined with all that Aries, which is customarily so selfish, I think 
puts you in the predicament of having to be selfless and be empathetic and be in a situation of, um, you know, kindness and connection with other people's needs from a very strong place of your own identity. In other words, you have to be a strong individual who knows that he's here to learn about selflessness. I find this to be a very hard combination, actually, Aries, because Aries is, again, like so about the self and the 12th house is all about connecting with other people's emotional realities so your chart is filled with the need to give service and 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 yet part of your natural tendency is to be and understand yourself and and be and be connected to yourself so there's also i think a, another layer there which is which is an interesting layer which has to do with empathizing with your own self, being able to have empathy for your own personal condition and mm-hmm. and being able to provide for yourself the kind of empathy that this chart says that you're capable of providing for others. Um, you know, it's a hard-working chart. It's a dedicated chart, service-oriented, lots of partnership, partnership needs. Mars and Scorpio as a man, a strong sex drive and a strong need for honesty and intimacy that's often confused by that 12th house again where you could find for somebody who's so clear thinking as you are, why do you get involved in situations that disillusion you or that don't turn out the way you want them to? So, you know, this is, again, the battle between uh, you wanting to empathize with people's situations and maybe in that desire to empathize, you overlook what might be right before your face. Mm, very good. Okay. Yeah, I get that. I uh, friendship, get that. I hope you have good friends and that you've managed to collect a, a good group of people around you as you've gotten older because... Um, uh, you have the moon's north node in Aquarius in the eleventh house, which is a destiny point of community and friendship. So I hope that you, that you know you've managed to to feel at this point in your life that you have some good friendships. That I do. Good, excellent. Good, good community almost. It's like yeah, community. community. Yeah, that's a yeah. big part of it. Um, Saturn is in your seventh house right now. It's transiting through there. It's good that it finally left Libra. Things you might have felt shifted a little bit in October. Um, Are you dating someone? I actually just stopped recently. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Someone that I'd seen about a year and, and, and just stopped about two, about two, three weeks ago. Okay, so, well, that was Saturn in the seventh house. It ended a relationship that must not have been good. But even, like, let's say last year, 2012, must have been kind of lonely and hard for you. Um, actually, I was, I've been so focused on career that uh-huh. and last year was a real a year where things really started to move. So I was very much focused on that. Okay. Well, yeah. you're having in astrology what's called the Uranian square and it's based on your age and it means that the planet Uranus is square to where it was when you were born it's at right angles you have Uranus and Cancer in the third house um I think I think it's very much about the way in which you communicate with people I mean I don't know if you're writing or teaching or um you know what is what's your career well, it's uh, I'm a voiceover artist. 
Oh, see, perfect. So it's about yeah. communicating, and third house is all about voice and communication. So you can expect even more things in your career because um, this spring is the beginning of the Uranian square. You, if you're feeling restless, if you're feeling like, you know, um, a little like, you know, what am I doing? When is it going to happen? Why doesn't it happen faster? It will. It will happen even faster, I can assure you. It's just there are some there are some there are some levels of um difficulty, one of them being relationships might come to an end because Saturn uh sorry Uranus is in opposition to your natal Saturn, which you have in Libra, so that's sort of like maybe an unexpected shift in relationship. You did just say that you ended one, but it's like a lot of communication. Uranus is also going to be conjunct your Mercury in your chart. Um, this part of your chart is involved in a very uh, dynamic energy called a T-square. So mm-hmm. while you're having this Uranian square, um, the planet Uranus is making many aspects in your chart besides Uranus square Uranus. So it's a exciting kind of turned upside down time with lots of phone calls and letters and emails and contracts and business and this, you know, and communication, communication, communication. So voiceover, absolutely. It's like there's more of that than ever. Possibly uh, new friends that come in, friends that go out. Um, you know, lots of sudden change. And as an astrologer, it's the most difficult planet to actually pin down because mm-hmm. it's supposed to create surprise for you. It's supposed to create change that creates surprise. It's not supposed to be... Um, an energy that I could say to like, oh, well, this is what's definitively going to happen because um, it, it wouldn't be Uranian if anyone could actually tell you exactly what it was going to be about. Mm-hmm. Understood. Right. But basically as the, um, basically the energy itself, uh, the energy of the Uranian square has to do with Rebellion and restlessness, because there's a desire for you to set the stage for this part of your life now, this next Mm -hmm. decade or even two decades. And this time period is very much about overthrowing existing things, ways of behaving, uh, friendships again in particular, that might be holding you back from achieving those goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, awesome. Thank you yeah, so much. Yeah, thank, thanks for calling into the show. Really appreciate it. Enjoy yeah, the show. Yeah, you're welcome. It's good to talk to you. Have a great night. Have a good night. And I have somebody else right behind him. Area code 818, you're on the Inside Connection. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? My name is Desiree. Are you also calling me from L.A.? Yeah, Glendale. Have you called the show before? No. No? All right. Well, we'll look and see. Um, how do you spell your name, hon? Uh, it's uh, D-E-S-I-R-E-E, and the last name is with an S. With a? With an S is in Sam. Sam. And your birthday? Uh-huh. Uh, September 10th, 1957, 12.49 a.m. Say it again. 
12.49 a.m. 12.45? No, 49. 12.39 a.m.? No, 12.49 a.m. Oh, okay, sorry, 12.49. But your your connection is, like, for me, a little choppy. Like, I'm not, I'm, I maybe don't have exactly the clearest signal with you. So, um, what's your birthplace, Desiree? It's Los Angeles. L.A. Yeah. Two back and to back. I know. Two guys from L.A. Uh, huh? You know, yeah, definitely it's Glendale. Got it. Do you know your chart at all? Uh, my chart is, um, I'm a Virgo. Yeah. Um, my rising sign is Cancer and my... Um, Moon is uh, Sagittarius. I thought my moon's in Pisces. No, September 10, 1967. No, 57. 57. All right. Well, let's edit that. <laughs> yeah, just, put, just subtract 10 years. <laughs> That's fine. No worries. Okay. September 10, 1957, 1249 a.m. in L.A. Cancer yep. rising, moon in Pisces. Got it. Awesome. Yeah, good thing we checked that. Um, yeah. So you have Pluto in your seventh house. Are you married? No, not at all. Not anymore. Okay. You also have a lot of planets in the fourth house. So my discussion tonight about the fourth house <laughs> is... You know, is a good discussion for you because you've got three planets in the fourth and Mercury conjunct the fourth house cusp. So it's really like four planets in the fourth. So mm-hmm. home um, and your home life and your parents and perhaps your father, um, you know, like having all that Virgo there says to me that somebody in your home was particularly um, perfectionistic. You know, and maybe a bit critical. Yeah, you, you've got it. Um, I, you know, it, it's kind of. Well, I'll tell you something that um, when you're talking about the home, I've been living um, in my my mom's um, condo, and um, she passed um, last year. Okay. She was an Aries. She was an Aries, and she was very. Um, um, I would say. Um, critical, and um, in fact, um, I'm I'm having to have to sign papers very soon regarding um, putting the condo on the market um, because of her um, her passing. And um, what you're talking to me about is basically about home and property and land. And um, I was trying to figure out whether or not I'd be staying here or I would be um, moving on. Um, and so the security has been um, something that I've needed to um, have needed. And, if, yeah, and, and while you're looking at my chart, um, I'd like to see if what's going on with the plants to see if there is, in fact, a move coming up in the midst or, in fact, am I, if I'm staying. Yeah, I mean, for right now, it looks to me like you're staying. And I do see a move, but it's not in the next year. 
So it looks like you still have some things to work out being here. And um, I'm looking, you know, basically all around your chart trying to feel out, like, well, when is this move? You know, when is this move? And it it, it looks like it's a little while from now. Um, Next year, uh, Pluto is going to trine your Mercury. Mercury rules your fourth house, so... Um, there was an opportunity for you to move, but maybe you're saying you moved into the situation you're in here right now. When did that happen? Three years ago? Four years ago? Um, I moved here in um, 2005. And so, so seven here. years ago? Yeah, and here uh-huh. we are in 2013. And um, the reason why um, it's... It's like um, I have to list the property uh, for the um, the lender who is um, in charge of her, um, I guess you call mortgage, because they're asking me to do that. Um, and I'm, I'm, I've been hesitating to do it. I've been like, something keeps telling me that something else will come up, like, you know, like an investor will, like, show up to say, you know what, you don't need to do that yet. Um, maybe it's like pie in the sky that I'm like thinking of that um, opposed to saying, you know what, bring in that broker to um, list it. Yeah. So I'm really, I mean, Spirit's really telling me, you know, hold off. Just hold off for a minute. And um, the reason really why I'm holding off is that um, I have a health issue uh-huh. that um, – has to deal with my sight, and I have to have um, cataract surgery. Right. Uh, and it has to be done in the next three weeks. So I'm like, I'm, it's like spirits like telling me, just hold off, hold off, hold off. Yeah, and that's what you should follow. So when you're asking me if it's going to happen, the answer is no. You're going to take care of your health first because... This home situation is very important to you, and you've got a really strong connection to it. So you want to make sure that you're doing it at the right time. And I see there's an opportunity for you to, you know, make the move, but it just didn't feel like right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, um, I, I think the problem is is that um, the lender is asking, you know, what is going to be my next step, and um, my attorney has advised me, well, you know, you, you know, to, to hold them off, you need to list the property. And I feel like the minute I do list the property, I will, I will get a buyer, and then that will escalate, you know, right. um, having to make the move quicker. So that's why I was, like, really, you know, asking you to look at the planets right now to say, what the heck? Is, is going on for me to basically hold tight for a moment. What is going on for you to hold tight for a moment? It's Saturn. There isn't really anything yeah. disruptive in your chart right now. You have Saturn and Scorpio making really positive angle to your, you know, that fourth house cusp. So I don't really see, I don't really see the move because you need that stability. You know, right now you're you're really needing more stability rather than change. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, I really appreciate that on your part because that's really what I've been in a quandary with. Because yeah. 
I thought it will move. Believe me, it will move, and it might move as soon as 2014. When uh-huh. when Jupiter goes into Leo, there's going to be a lot more movement for you in regard to mo- to you know home and and moving, um, but I just don't see it right now or or in the next you know say ten months in 2013. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I really appreciate your help on that. You're welcome, because- hon. It's nice to talk to you. Yeah, and good, and and I was going to ask you, how was the um, the conscious expo? I really, really had a good time. I mean, I was so busy, but um, but generally, I actually had a really good time. It was uh, it was a great expo this year. Oh, great! Oh, okay. Thanks, Dr. Right. Ray. Well, uh, anytime. Thank you. That was nice, and she had a number of planets in the fourth house, and so it was a good opportunity to take a look at somebody who's really saw she was concerned about movement and home and, and, and had gotten into the family and childhood home and all that. So there's somebody that was really connected to those themes. I have one more caller to see who it is. Area code 918, you're on the inside connection. Hi. Hi. I'm a little bit worse tonight. I'm worse. <clears throat> Nothing wrong with me. I'm just losing my voice. Oh, I know. Are you wanting me to look at your chart? If you would, please. <clears throat> have I looked at it before? I recognize your voice. I have a problem with my memory. I have a chronic disease. And That's fine. What's, and when I'm on your, my what's your name? My name is Angela. And uh, what's your birth information? Ten eighteen. Yeah, I have 68. it. Memphis, Tennessee. I, I Hi, Angela. I, I, had a I haven't about talked the to you in a while, though. I haven't talked oh, to you in a while, oh. for sure. Thank so, you. Um, yeah, what's going on with your health? Because Saturn is on your sixth house cusp, so, you know, are you all right? Have you been having to go to the doctor a lot? Or do you have one doctor in particular that you're really liking, that you trust, that's an authority, someone good? Well, I'm wanting to move to go to some different doctors. And okay. I have some choices to make, and okay, I just, I, it's just frustrating. Just frustrating. A lot of runarounds, and no one. Yeah, of course. What I have is very rare. Okay. So extremely well, rare. I'm the seventh in the world to have this. Wow, that's intense. Yeah. Lucky me. That's intense. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, you know, mm-hmm. what 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 question can I answer for you? What I was wondering is the middle of March, like the sixteenth. Okay. Do you see a change around there? I will look for you specifically. Or I guess would it be a good time to make a change? It would be a good word. Um, March looks okay. The thirteenth of March is sort of a not good day. The 16th of March, though, is 16, 17, and moving forward. But 11, 12, and 13 could be a little bit more chaotic for you. So, did that answer your question? Probably because I'll be stressed out before then. Say it again? But I found probably because I'll be stressed out before flying over there. Uh-huh. I'd imagine. So that would make sense. I, I had a question. It's an astrology question. Yeah. If your Venus is in Scorpio... Right. What type of person would be a good hookup? 
who might you be attracted to? What would be a good balance? What would well, be I think, good? honestly, for people with Venus and Scorpio, like you have, which is, you know, your question is specific about yourself, <laughs> you need to have somebody that you're sexually compatible with because Scorpio is very sexual and Venus is about love. And sometimes Venus and Scorpio confuses sex and love, you know, like sex is love. But, oh, that is funny. But... But if if you have to like really like fight to get your sexual needs met, or the person is just not sexually compatible with you, it can be very disappointing the relationship. So I encourage people with Venus and Scorpio, or a lot of Scorpio in their chart, to you know make sure that you find someone where that intimacy is good and where uh, you feel comfortable. It's also about trust. Scorpio is kind of distrustful yeah. because they keep their emotions very close to themselves. So you have to find a trusting relationship where intimacy in general, trust and honesty, and sexual uh, you know, communication are good. Okay, well, that makes sense. Makes and I'm going to have to wrap up my show. Astrology, so. I'm going to have to wrap up my show now, but it was good to talk to you, okay? Thank you for taking my call. You're welcome, hon. Thank you. All right, so the time goes fast on uh, Inside Connection, and, um, you know, as we broaden the show out, I might bring it back to an hour long so I can take more callers and chat more about my topic. But for right now and for the duration probably of the house series, I'm going to be keeping them at 45 minutes. Um, you know, uh, I think that home is really important for all of us. Uh, certainly there's nothing more disturbing than seeing people who don't have a home. And um, uh, home is is the place where we feel connected to who we really are because it's the beginning of the first four signs, the first four elements. We have self-discovery, and what we've done is we've taken it down to our home. So we build from who we are, and we create a home out of that. From there, we're able to launch our interactions with others, and that's what we're going to begin talking about on next week's show when we talk about creativity and um, and leadership and going out into the world and communicating our values and what it is we've learned in the first four signs to others. I'm going to leave you with I Feel Free tonight and i will see you next thursday 8 p.m pacific right here on inside connection Hmm.